about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. My name is Art Cardos and this program is called All In With The Lord. Every week we gather together to discover more and more how we can get closer to both being like Jesus, but also living with Him in us and allowing His power to flow through us. So as we begin this program, you know, uh, the power of God is looking for an outlet. And would you allow Him to use you to be present in everyday life? That's the question as we begin. God always wanted us to take dominion over the earth. And he said that in the very first chapter of the book, the Bible. Now, if you don't believe the Bible, I can't help you. Because I believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, organized, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, and put together by a divine, intelligent creator, that every word that is placed in there was guided perfectly. Every word. Every word. You know, in the old days when nobody had read, read the Bible very much, people got away with saying things like, ah, the Bible's so contradictory. It contradicts. It does this. It does that. No, it does not. And if you've ever studied it or read it, you would know that. But most of the people who focus on that were the, quote, theologian-type people who know more than God. But the Holy Spirit outmaneuvered them all. Because when you work through the Bible, and you go and read the Bible in context to match it with other parts of the Bible, you will find that not only is it absolutely perfect, it is absolutely divine. And the other part of this that I'd love to bring up, because every day and every way we're hearing more and more about science, and more and more about aliens, and I don't deny the fact that you're going to see aliens show up at some point in your life. But I want to tell you about the divine alien, the divine creator of the universe, who has a plan that's so far above any alien plan and any human plan that if we will just receive it, we will have the full power available to us of the creator and the love that he has for his creation. And all the time, you know, when you watch movies on aliens, of course, they're always coming to eliminate the earth. They're coming to, what do you call it, um, kill everyone, exterminate, exterminate the earth, and then take all the resources of the earth. Well, guess what? God created the earth for man, and God's not our creator, our divine alien creator, however you want to refer to him, is not going to tolerate that. And in us is the power to stop any of that. However, uh, I don't deny the fact that we are going to see activity in that regard. It will be exciting, exciting, exciting. But you need to realize who you are. Who you are. You are, <laughs> you are a creation that God made. And we are living by the spirit of the power of God, the creator. God gave it to us, and, and we have delegated power from God. 
It's delegated to us. In other words, I don't know if you ever heard the saying delegate or stagnate. God delegated his power to us through Jesus if we will just comprehend it and then surrender to it and submit to it and believe it and use it. So let's get started because I want to start off in Genesis 1 at the beginning. Genesis 1 and verse 1 through 3. This is the King James Version. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form. It had no form to it. Can you imagine? But he created the earth. He, he's, well, we'll get to that, how he did it. And it was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So it was pitch black. It was dark. Now, how did God know what he, how could he see what he created? Well, he's God. He could see anything, but he saw it, but he knew he had to create a way to light it up. So the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters and God said, now the creator the divine alien, the immortal being, the, the all-encompassing God of gods said, he said something. He said it. He said, let there be light. Or another way to say that would be light be. And light was. And light began to exist at the rate of 186 thousand miles per second, expanding, expanding, expanding. In the first 24 hours of what we call time, over 16 billion miles of light had occurred because of the rate of 186,000 miles per second. So the creator spoke and something happened. Light began to exist. And by the way, light continues to expand the universe today at a rate of 186,000 miles per second. So if you want to look at it that way, every day that goes by, 16 billion more miles of the universe is being built or lit up, however you want to look at it. So when somebody says, is there any other intelligent life out there. How ridiculous can you be? God, first of all, is intelligent life, and he's out there. He created all, and he's creating more and more and more, and it's going to be so fun to see all that he created. So right now, we live in time, and and it's, you know, pretty amazing. So here in the book of Revelation, now we, that's at the very first chapter, the first book of Genesis. Now we're going to go to Revelation, which is the last book, right? <clears throat> and chapter 10, verse 5 and 6, King James Version. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hands to heaven, and swore by him that liveth forever and ever. That's our Father, 
That is our God. He lives forever and ever and ever and ever. What an alien. What a divine creator. Scientists, if you're listening, if anybody gets a glimpse, think about it. What you're doing, you keep looking for life, and it's all explained right here. The divine creator of the universe. So the angel lifts up his hands, swore by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it and are on the earth and the things therein, and the sea, and the things which therein, that there should be time no longer. Now, wait a minute. We live in time. We live in time. God gave us time so we would know where we are, when we are, in his world of coming back and fixing it all. So here in Genesis, he creates the heavens. Boom! And, of course, scientists call it a big bang. Boom! They heard the bang, or they can say there's a bang. They just forgot one little part. God said. God said. Then there was a bang. Of course, they weren't there when God said it, so they can't, but by faith, they wouldn't be able to, to handle that kind of a conversation. To realize that by faith, all things are upheld. Everything is holding together by God's word. Well, my gosh, that takes faith. So why would you want faith, Mr. Scientist, when you can just have the facts of the Big Bang? Listen, it's bigger than the Big Bang. It is so much bigger than the Big This is only one Big Bang. And you are missing out on so much more. So God comes back in Revelation. The angel says that... Um, there should be time no longer. So now we know that there's going to come a point where time is going to cease. It will no longer affect you. Time will no longer affect us. We won't age. We will be timeless. We will have that. Now, in the beginning, boom, God created the heavens and the earth. Then he says, now I'm going to take away time. This is at the end. Revelation, they'll come to the book in the end. <clears throat> okay, so how does that affect us and our thinking right now today? What can that do for me today? Number one, we need to know that there's a creator out there that loves us. And he could have come as that alien you watch in the movies that's going to exterminate everybody who doesn't agree with him. But he didn't. He came as the God of love. <clears throat> now, on the other hand, <clears throat> there was a huge rebellion in heaven. And Lucifer wanted to take over heaven and he, and do it his way. Take it away. From, he wanted to separate himself from God. He wanted to break away. Break away from God. Now, God, uh, let's face it, he does hold the keys to everything. Now, he could be a dominant dictator where everybody's afraid of him. Or he could be a loving dictator that everybody appreciates. Either way, God's rules are the rules. <clears throat> he created us. He created all. You can't go say, I'm going to build my world my way, change the things that I don't like. <clears throat> you can on earth for a period of time, but that time's going to end, see? And then you're going to have to deal with this creator who, if you accepted his love offering, Jesus, then you're okay. But if you decided to keep broken away from him, breaking away from him, 
then you are going to live eternally broken away from God, which would be hell. That would be a hellish way to live, especially if Lucifer is the God that you're serving. You will never, ever, you will then have the God that you're afraid of. So you can choose the God you're going to be afraid of for eternity and fear. Because if you do it, don't do what he said, his way, he's coming at you. Or you can serve the God of love who will always bless you, make you feel important, make you feel loved, make you feel appreciated. So here's your choice. You got two gods to choose from. You got the alien of love, the God, the immortal, King of kings, Lord of lords. Or you have Lucifer, the one who's going to be the dictator without love. You're just going to serve him because his arrogant pride is all he cares about. I'm God, he says. How many people do you know like that? I'm the God of my universe. I'm going to determine my life. <clears throat> and, and some people don't walk around beating their chest like that, but they live that way. I've made enough money. I'm going to take care of things the way I want to. Right now, we're dealing with an elite bunch of people that have billions of dollars, and they can and are trying to transform this world into the way they want it. Or do you serve a loving God who will just transform it through you into a Garden of Eden? So we, you know, people run around today crazy, and you can look out there if you don't know the signs of the times, if you don't realize it's close, that Jesus is coming back, that this world isn't like it was 50 years ago, it isn't like it was 30 years ago, it's out of control. And I know, I know, people want to pin it on mankind. Well, it's all about separation of God. As a Christian, if Jesus is in me, I have to bring the power of Jesus in me to everything I do. I don't care if it's school. I don't care if it's business. I don't care what it is. If I leave Jesus out, if you take Jesus out, if you take God of love out, then you have what's left. And that is what's happened here, where you take God out of everything. And what we're witnessing is what's left. What's left? So, how do we transform ourselves and transform this country, transform the world? You do it by accepting and receiving the God of love, Jesus, into our hearts and minds, so that at the end, where, they, where time ceases to exist, then you'll be serving your time in eternity with the God of love. Or would you prefer just do it your way? But there's other gods, Art. No, there is not. Sorry. You can call them whatever you want, but there's one creator. And that creator decided to send his son, who he called Jesus, into the earth. There is not more than one God. Not more than one. Now, they're self-proclaimed gods. And we go back in history. We learn about all the gods that have roamed on the earth, the giants, self-proclaimed because they were God over people. But there's one God of love. 
His name, well, his name is so encompassing, we can't even comprehend it. But the name we can comprehend is Jesus. That's who he sent. His son, Jesus, to represent him, to give us an example of the way he rules. Even though he has all this power, all this incredible power, and he could dominate everywhere, and people would be afraid of him. But no. He chose love, love, Jesus, his son, and he sent his son to show us how to live. Now, let's jump to Matthew twenty-two, thirty-five. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, tempting him and saying, I'm saying, I'm thinking this is Jesus they're tempting, right? Master, which? commandment in the law. Which is the great commandment in the law? They were all about the law, right? The old covenant was all about the law, and they tried to know it better than each other because they could control people and others by that law. The law was a controller. So, let's go here. Then, uh, okay, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said it to them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. This is the first and great commandment. Isn't that powerful? So, how do you do that? How do you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? First thing is to understand who He is. He is the God of the universe, all-powerful, totally could do anything He wants. Yet He chose love, to love you, to create you and love you more than to reprimand you, or discipline you, or make you afraid of Him. And if you had parents that always disciplined, you were afraid. And a certain amount of discipline, you know, uh, is never bad. But if you were really under the the hard discipline of someone or, or in bondage and captive to someone who won't let you think, then you are always in fear that you're doing something wrong. And you hide. You'll still do it, but you're always in hiding. You're in this little dark place where you're always hiding. Well, God, the God of love, wants us to love Him and appreciate Him for who He is, the God of forgiveness and mercy. And that's why He has represented Himself that way. And He could have came in a big giant spaceship and shot lasers at everybody. Hey, you just sinned. Zap! I'm giving you a stun warning. The next one is going to be you're disintegrated. Then you're always hiding because you know you're going to sin. It's just about a matter of how long before you get zapped. I mean, that is what God could do. And that is exactly what Satan does. He is the God of bondage, the God of captivity. And our God, Jesus, and Father, Son, Jesus, and Holy Spirit are the God of love, the God of forgiveness, the God of mercy. No other religion has it. No other belief has it. It is the Christian faith that has it. 
the total ability to be merciful and forgiven for all sin. And it's not held, not only is it not held against you, it is totally forgotten, deleted. We talked about that last week. Your sins are deleted by the God who created everything. When you judge yourself, you don't get zapped with a laser, you get your sin forgiven. It's the ability to choose to judge yourself. Isn't that great? God's given you the ability to judge you. And if you don't judge you, then you will be judged. By who? Well, by the Father. He'll just turn you over to Lucifer. And Lucifer will do the judging. Oh, he loves to run up and down both sides of you. If he can bring it on you, he'll bring it on you. Did he bring all the disease in the world? Absolutely. Did he bring all the all the pain and suffering and loss? Absolute Satan, I'm talking about. He did. However, does God allow that stuff to come on people sometimes? He does. Why does he? Because you aren't surrendering and submitting to him. He can't protect you legally. He has to have a legal invitation to protect you in this earth. And sometimes people call on him too late. They wait too long. Don't be one of those. Be one that got there early. And the stuff doesn't come on you because you're in Christ. But if you fall short of being in Christ and things do occur, God will use them to make you a, your faith stronger. But he certainly, it's not his perfect will. His perfect will is for you never to have to go through it. However, people do. They go through lack. They go through being afraid they can't pay the bills. They go through being afraid to go on the street because they might get a disease. They go through <clears throat> being afraid of anything, to eat, drink, whatever. It's fear, and fear originates in Lucifer. Faith originates in God. Our God uses faith and love. Lucifer uses fear, oh my gosh, and depravity, and, and causing us to just, you know, shudder. So which are you choosing? It really is that simple. If you're part of any group or religion that has to work your way into heaven, your good works are going to somehow get you there. Because your good works are going to outweigh your bad ones. Man, God bless you. You got a road to hoe, they say, right? A road to hoe, road to hoe. You have a lot of work ahead of you. I don't personally have to do that because the, the Bible tells me that judging myself and being under the blood of Jesus, I am granted the confidence of knowing I'm in. I'm going to, my name is written in the book of life through Jesus, the Savior, one Savior who saved us all from sin. Now, do works count? Works add, faith without works is dead. So works count, but they don't guarantee, they, they don't guarantee you entry. If you could do all these great works and enter into the wrong place with Lucifer, and it doesn't matter. You're not going to get credit. You're going to get slapped, whipped, and told to do more. So, what is it you, that, that holds a person back from making the right choice? It's because they don't know the God of love.
They don't want to accept that some great being created everything and every dimension and the height, depth, width, and breadth of all that's created in the earth and then said, I love you and I will never, ever destroy you. You might choose not to follow me. You choose to separate from me. You will be destroyed, but if you stay with me, I'll protect you. And how you stay with me, especially now in our new covenant, is to make sure Jesus is alive and well inside of you. We're using his anointing, his faith in us to produce peace, joy, prosperity, health. If, G- if you knew for a fact that Jesus the Christ was alive inside of you, how would you act every day? Would you be broke, busted, sick, disgusted? Or would you be hopeful, joyful, peaceful, happy, content, merciful to others, loving? Because that's what it says. The greatest commandment here is to love, and then to love one another as you love God, as Christ loved the church. So, our mission is, first of all, to know the God of love. Understand the God of love. Understand He created everything. And understand that, yes, the road is narrow. You must accept the God of love. His name is Jesus. He's personified as Jesus the Christ. And the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Spirit want to come in with you, come in to you, and rule every aspect of your life. They want to help you to choose the right things so that all things work together for good for those who trust the Lord. And in this world that God created, there are laws and rules. There are quantum laws quantum rules, subatomic structures. There are real subatomic laws that work. And based on your heart and how you treat others, you are activating certain laws to either come at you and hurt you or to come at you and protect you. And the more you get to know Jesus, the more you will be protected under his blood, under what he did. Ask him in. Let him in. Let him legally protect you from the evil of this present world. No evil will befall you. Neither shall any plague, plague, plague come near your dwelling. For God has given his angels, angels, charge over you to bear you up in your hands Least you dash your foot against a stone. Psalm 91. A thousand might get it at one side, and ten thousand at your right, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. For you have made the Lord God, even the Most High, your habitation. So have you done that? Are you doing that? Or are you walking around broke, busted, sick, disgusted, upset about the world, looking at this country, looking at the rules, looking at the leaders, 
blaming everything and everybody. Listen, pray for everything and everybody. Prayer works, but love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. Place your love in God and then trust him that Jesus came to set you free. Accept Jesus, believe it, and now we begin the process of what do we do next? How do we get started? When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to talk about how to live now that we have Jesus as the ruler of our life. We'll be right back. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we are back <clears throat> and um, praising the Lord, thanking God for his love and mercy and the way he watches out for us. Now, he needs the legal right to intervene in your life. Will you give it to him? Will you give Jesus the legal right? Will you just say, come on in, Jesus. I want the legal right for you, you to use your faith in me. It sure takes a lot of pressure off. It's not your faith. And you say, well, Art, you don't know how much. I'm a sinner. I, I mess up all the time. It doesn't matter if you mess up 500 times a day. God will forgive it and move, move you on legally if you just invite him in. That's the whole idea. This whole big God of, that created the universe cares enough at the sensitive level to come in and say, I understand. I understand you can't do it yourself. I understand you have been con contaminated. With all of the, the world just bombarding you with things to think. And just let me in. Give me the legal right and I'll help get that all out of there. We'll help reprogram it. And uh, we'll get you a fresh operating system so that you can live a life of abundance. It's the way it works. So let's start here in this part. Acts 10.38. <clears throat> Acts 10, verse 38. K King James Version. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, for God was with him. Okay, so let me read that again. And did I miss a part? I might have missed a... No, I didn't. Okay, Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. Now, do you think God's will is healing and oppression gone? I mean, healing, healing is part of what God wants for you. If you're sick, if you have a, a terminal disease, 
if you have something that is on you or around you, or you're oppressed by the devil, what does it mean to be oppressed? Well, you can be oppressed financially. You can't, you might be in a situation where you don't know what all these prices going skyrocket through the, through the ceil- ceiling, how you're going to make it. There has never been a better time to be totally submissive to the Lord, totally surrendered, bringing Jesus in, because we want to see miracle manifestations taking place, and I believe we're about to do that. I believe God is is causing us to think this way because He is acting this way within us. For God was with Him. So God was with Jesus, and, and the result was... He was doing good. He did good. So number one, God's in you. You're going to do good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And the second is like like it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay, that must have read that from there, and that was a continuation, and I didn't re- remember. No, it was different. But the second commandment is is to love thy neighbor as thyself. So we're to walk with God in us is to try to help people around us, obviously, by loving them. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can you imagine that the God who created all of the universe, he's saying, I mean, so if this big spaceship came down and this glowing God walked out of it and they said, oh, superior being, oh, you who created it all, Tell us the greatest secret in the universe. And he says, love each other as you love yourself. And you scratch your head and you go, really? That's the greatest secret of the universe? It is. It is the greatest secret of God's universe. Love each other. Show compassion. Show mercy. Show love. And God's doing it by doing it to you and I. His mercy endures forever. Powerful stuff. Here in Romans 8.11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. So, what does that mean? If the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead... so. Remember, Jesus said, God, my Father is in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So God's Spirit was in Jesus. The power of the Creator of the universe was in Jesus the Christ. All of, all of the power was in Him. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. So now, the power that was in Jesus, the same anointing, the same power that caused Jesus to descend into hell in total pain and suffering of every penalty of sin for anything that was ever committed, which took three days, three nights, and then he rose from the dead. That same power that caused him to do that is living in you, in Christ, when you invite him in. The same power. we got to get this. It is the God who created all. That's That's offering you and I an opportunity to receive the same dominion that Jesus had. The same power that Jesus had. 
if you invite him in. He's in there. Let his power out. Not yours. His. This was a big revelation to me in the past few weeks that I'm not using my faith. I'm using the faith of Jesus. I'm using my faith to accept him. I'm using my faith to believe he's the promised one. I'm using my faith to invite him in. But that's it. My work's done. It's his faith in me that's going before me to make the crooked way straight. It's his dunamis faith. It's his power. God's power that created the universe is in you. And we've got to use it. And we've got to be merciful. And the greatest commandment, love each other. Don't use it on each other. Love each other. Does that go for people you can't stand? Yes. It goes for everyone. It goes for love any human. Now, you don't have to invite them into your life to live and marry them and be let them rule. But you can, you love them as God, as Christ loved the church. But the dunamis power, the full anointing, the full power that was in Jesus to raise him from the dead is in you. It's in you. It's not coming in you if you've invited Jesus in. It's not something you're waiting for. It's not something you can earn. It's not your good works. It is Jesus in you. And you judge yourself and stop acting stupid, but he'll help you. It's his power in you, in us, that will deliver us. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. Romans 8.2 For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Wait a minute. What is that? People read over that like it's a you know another sip of water. Listen, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, have you accepted Jesus? Yes. I'm assuming you did, or you would have turned me off by now. So if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, he has made me free from the law of sin and death. The curse is over. You are free, but Art, I'm still a sinner. Get this right. It's not based on you. It's based on him in you. Did you invite him in? You are free from the curse. It has no power. The law of sin and death is over for you. It is over, over, over. Now, do you go on sinning because it's over? No, because you're judging yourself. You're loving your, you're loving others. You're learning how to escape it. You're becoming stronger because Jesus' faith in you is helping you to judge yourself and become stronger. It's Him that's delivering you. It's His anointing, His faith in each one of us. Wow. I mean, for years, I thought, it has to be me. I've got to. I've got to say the scripture better. I've got to know the right scripture for each thing. I've got to renew my mind. What you do, you do, you do, you do. But it's not based on how well I say the scripture. It's based on me believing that Jesus is in me and He's doing the work. Just like Jesus, when He was here, said, "It's not me, but it's the Father in me. He's doing the work." Now it's Jesus in me. He's doing the work. This is a revelation 
This is what the Holy Spirit is unpacking. You know why? Because we're in a day and an age where we need to use it. We're in a day and an age where Satan has tried to take over this planet, take over this world. He is the big spaceship guy that's descending and saying, bow down and worship me. I am the creator. I will be like the Most High. That's what he said. I will be like the Most High. I will ascend to the throne and sit at the right hand. I mean, not at the right hand. He wants to be God. He don't want to sit at the right hand of God. So it's Jesus in us. Release him. Release his anointing. Release his power to do the work. Legally, give him the authority. Jesus, come into my life, number one. Number two, do something with it. Every day, wake up and say, Jesus, today I'm releasing you to transform me in a way that I don't even, whatever you choose, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything. Why? Because of the anointing of Jesus in me, his faith in me, not mine, his. My faith is that he's in there. That's all my faith has to do. My faith just has to know Jesus is real. He's in me. He went to the cross, died, went to hell, defeated every enemy, rose from the dead at the right hand of God. And now I accepted him, the promise. He's in me. And because he's in me, it's his faith, his power, his dunamis, his, the universal power of God is in each one of us. And you can have total dominion over every circumstance and situation that you come up against. Why? Because you have the the anointing that was on Jesus is living in you through Jesus. Wow. So, let's go here to Romans 8, chapter 5 through 9. For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So which way are you going today? Is it all about the flesh? Is it all about money? Is it all about what I'm driving? Is it all about health? Is it all about what happens uh, in your life uh, morally, sexually? What is it? What is your life all about? Is What is your dominant thinking in your mind every day. Because whatever the dominant desires are, you are attracting. There is a law of attraction. You're attracting it. But when you make Jesus the Christ, the Lord, now it's the mind of Christ that's attracting the blessings of God, rather than you in the flesh attracting the blessings of the flesh or the curses. Because if you turn on that TV every day, and you turn on the radio every day, and you hear what's going on, and now with our smartphones getting notices every time something happens anywhere in the world, anytime there's a murder, anytime something bad happens, anytime that, and they write it with a slant, whoever's writing it, for their purposes, to get your attention. When you put that in there, that becomes the dominant thinking. Oh my gosh. Not only should I wear a mask, I better put on a helmet. And it better have an oxygen thing and pure oxygen. I mean, people are literally scared out of the gourd. They're living by fear. Fear of the bomb. Fear of, I can't afford to live. 
fear of poor health, fear of everything. And fear tolerated is faith contaminated. You cannot allow fear to be the mind that is the dominant mind in you. Faith, the mind of Christ, put on the Lord, making no provision for your flesh. Put on the Lord. Put on Jesus. Allow Him in. Have communion with Jesus. Have communion with our Lord. Have communion with the God who created the universe. What is communion? It's intimacy. It's the intimacy of two blending together. God the Father wants to be intimate with you and I. He wants to live in us through Jesus. And He will allow you, the Holy Spirit to take care of all the things because of the faith of Jesus operating in each one of us. It, when Jesus left, He was one. He was, he was the firstborn, reborn creature on this earth. But now each one of us is reborn. So now Jesus in you is a number. How many Jesuses are walking in the earth? You wouldn't think there'd be as many based on what you see around you because our job is to subdue the earth and take it for God. He wants it taken for Him in love with blessings, not cursings. Where are you in that walk? Are you ready? The time has come. We actually have a website called armies, A-R-M-I-E-S, forjesus.com, where you can go and find out more about how you can get involved and pray, but more importantly, to hear more of these messages of God. Jesus is coming, and you have a choice right now. You could build treasures on earth, or you can build treasures in heaven that will last eternally. We serve a God who wants you to live forever. You want to go? You're going to live forever, by the way. You are, you are a spirit that's going to live forever somewhere. You're just simply choosing which God. So listen to me carefully. The God that you choose, and I don't care, you can tell me any name of any other religious God, and I'm going to tell you, unless it goes with Jesus, it's not going to get you where you want to go. You cannot earn your way into heaven. You can't do it. It's not a possibility. There's too much unrighteousness in you, even on your best day. But when you accepted what Jesus did to pay the price for your sins and mine, now we have his righteousness in us. We have him in us. How could God, who created everything and created Jesus, not accept Jesus into his kingdom. That's because, and if Jesus is in you, that's how you get in. He's not accepting the old you. He's accepting Jesus right here in you. Come on, Jesus. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. Let him in. Don't mess with this. It's an eternal mistake to mess with Jesus. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't even for a second. Think, there's another way. There is but one way. And yes, it's a little narrow here, but you can do it. All you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart to take over your life. Even if you don't understand it, you just do it. And God will do the rest. 
The Holy Spirit will do the rest. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. It's totally against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Don't be against God. The law of God is love, but it's against it. The law of flesh is against it. So then they they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So anyone who has not accepted Jesus is not pleasing God. I don't care how many good works you do. You have to accept God. You have to accept Jesus. You have to understand the God of love has come for you. And he didn't come in a spaceship. He came born in a manger, humbled, yet did something that got everyone's attention and has continued to be talked about today and preached throughout the earth. If he came in a spaceship, you wouldn't have believed it anyway. You would have just said, you've been in fear. You think God couldn't come in a spaceship? You think Jesus couldn't? He can do anything he wants. He did it so that you would choose him out of love. That you would make the right choice of your eternal destiny out of love. You are not in the flesh if you've accepted Jesus, but in the Spirit. If so, be that that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you have to invite in the Spirit of Christ, the, the Christ, the God of the universe. Invite his Spirit into you. Luke 4, 18 through 21. The Spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus, what he read when they stood up in the synagogue, is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news, to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. Every eye was fastened on him because he he read it with authority. And he began to say to them, now remember, he put the book down. He went and sat in his seat. And then he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Can you imagine what went on? In that room, when he said that, first of all, he read it with such authority, it scared them. Then he sits down and said, and today, this is manifested right here, right now. I am he. Wow. Well, all I can tell you is this. Praise the Lord that Jesus, the Christ, had the power and anointing on him to do all that God had asked of him. Don't make it too religious that you can't accept the reality that the God could have came in a spaceship with lasers, but yet he sent his son so he could teach love and healing. And he preached the gospel. First of all, gospel means good news. I'm preaching the good news to the poor. What does that mean to a poor person? You don't have to be poor anymore. What does it mean for people that need healing or brokenhearted? You don't have to be brokenhearted anymore. Deliverance to the... What does it mean to a slave? You don't have to be a slave anymore. 
recovering of sight to the blind. You don't have to be blind anymore to set at liberty anyone that's bruised. What does that mean? There are people that are bruised in their spirit. They've been hurt by family. They've been hurt by spouses. They've been hurt, damaged. They're just, they're moaning and groaning in their spirit. Jesus came to set them free, to set them free and bring peace. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't know if I have time to read the next scripture. So, this is the, so Isaiah 34 8. For this is the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompense for controversy of Zion. We're in a day right now where God's, the Lord's vengeance, not your, not revenge. Don't confuse revenge with the Lord's vengeance. God will take his vengeance out on those who persecute you. You are about to witness your life being transformed by the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, inviting Jesus in, allowing his faith to operate in us, causing us to allow God's vengeance to take out all of your enemies. Don't you do it. You stay in peace. You stay in the love of God. Hebrews 10.38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. My soul will have no pleasure in anyone who draws back from using their faith. Your faith must be used to accept Jesus. you got to do that. And then allow Jesus' faith in you to carry out the rest of the victories you need in your life. I'm hoping that this has opened our eyes a little bit wider to see how Jesus can live in us, each one of us, intimately, every day, and allow his faith, his faith, to win over every circumstance that you come up against. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what you think. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Trust in Jesus. Allow Him to be in you and transform your life today. Well, I'm out of time. Have a great week. Jesus is Lord, and He's coming soon. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.